Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality with your host, me, Aliyah Lovely. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some of the shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and new discoveries and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up about what spirituality in today's world really looks like. So today we're going to talk about something that a lot of people don't like to talk about and It's something that's fascinated me for years, and as you could probably tell by the title, we're talking about death today. Um, From a little girl, I remember being really nervous or scared that the people that I loved were going to die, and in my prayers even from three to four or so and beyond, uh, I would pray (laughs) Pray to God, thank you for not letting my parents die, and please don't let them die. Um, and, you know, my, my mom would tell me that story. I remember praying that and being very fearful around that, um, as if I was having a remembrance of losing my parents in another life or something like that. But death is something that is so painful for for everyone who experiences the loss of a loved one and even even a non-loved one. When we see things on the news, when we hear about the the mass shootings and the bombings and the war, it is so deeply effective, like affected us. And, you know, I have to wonder the way that we think and talk about loss and perhaps why for myself, being someone who has mediumistic abilities, Um, my fascination with death is propelled from my understanding of life, maybe life on the other side or what that looks like from a interdimensional perspective that we don't actually lose anyone. It's just that they're in another room. Um, uh, Paulo Coelho has a quote about that. It's very similar. And um, yeah. So when thinking about death, the death of the loved one, actually last night, I I got really, really, really sad uh, thinking about my dog that I lost. And, you know, I I know those of you who have children are going to write this off, but (laughs) she was my baby. She was my child. And walking in the door and hearing her little footsteps. And anytime I knew that food was falling on the floor, like she was going to eat it. Um, it took a, a long time for me to get over that habit because every time I drop something, I didn't pick it up and I walk around and I come back and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, she's not here. Um, anyway, and knowing the, the depth of the loss of, uh, an entity or a being that was with me for five, six years every day, every day, um, unless I was traveling or something, she was right there. And, and how sad that felt to, to, remember how much joy she brought to my life. I'm kind of choked up thinking about it right now. Um, but to lose someone that you love is, is so difficult because they, they, they leave a gap, you know, they leave a gap in your life. They leave a gap in your soul. 
And um, it's difficult. It's difficult to get through. And I believe that's probably why I'm really drawn towards that work um, of, of being able to connect people to their loved ones. And it's something that I'm still working on as a skill set, but something that I've had touch with for a while. But regardless, like we all have that ability to be able to tap into our loved ones who have left us and know when they're around. And so I'm, I'm kind of just shooting off the hip here, but I want to invite us to perhaps think about death a little differently and, um, you know, not as someone that we've lost for some, but someone who's graduated and, uh, it, it's painful, right? Like it's painful, you know, regardless of how they passed, um, something traumatic, there's an immense amount of grief that comes with the loss of a loved one. And, um, you know, like we think about closure, we think about, but nothing ever really gives you that feeling of, okay, I'm over that. Like that just doesn't happen. And so when we think about grief, um, let's start there. Grief is obviously a painful feeling to have, but it seems in our society to have a time limit. And those of us who've lost someone close to us, we know that there is that time limit that people won't want to hear about our feelings anymore, or they, you know, we should be over this by now, or it's too painful to think about. So we rush those feelings off and we never get a chance to really feel our feelings and feel the gravity of how deeply that, that loss actually is. And, um, the first person that comes to mind is my sister, Um, my beautiful, amazing sister, Krista, who I just adore to death. Um, that's not a good analogy for this episode. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, she lost one of her, her best friends and, um, the, the passing that he had was very sudden and unexpected. And, um, and this is almost, uh, 10 years ago. And I think, and she, she still deals with that, that grief, um, very palpably. And, um, and I, and I, I didn't, I didn't understand it for a while because I hadn't experienced something like that. And I thought about, I thought about that deeper when it comes, when it came to other friends or other, other people in my life. And, um, I've lost my grandmother and my grandfather and, I've, I have dreams of them very frequently. Actually, I had a great dream of my grandfather last night um, where he gave me a message for my dad, told me, told me to get pass something along. Um, so I don't feel like they're very far away. Um, I was grieving their loss for, for a few years, but because I feel very connected to the spirit world, I don't really feel like they're that far. So if this, the grief has subsided, but I guess in a, in a social structure where our ancestors or our belief systems of where our ancestors go, it seems so far away from us that the grief almost seems unending at times, that the pain of losing someone is almost too much to bear. So I want to invite us to a different, maybe a different perspective of that. We never, we never lose anyone, right? Like the souls that come into our life and the connections that we have with people are, are, are always there and their memory and their legacy of, 
of who or what they did in your life was meant for that time. And I know that the circumstances in which a lot of those things happen seem untimely. They always do. It always seems like, oh, if we had more time, that's, that's always the feeling. And you'll, no matter if you had more time or not, you would always feel like you needed more time because getting to the part of the loss is, I mean, there's, there's nothing compared to it, but being, being in medium work, I started thinking about more deeply why I'm so drawn to it. Um, Funerals are so hard for me to go to. I have skipped funerals of loved ones um, many times and especially loved ones who I wasn't as close in contact with. Um, And, you know, it kind of seems, kind of seems selfish, right? Um, I didn't go pay my respects. And in my mind, I've always thought sitting around and looking at a body where their soul doesn't reside anymore is not how I'd like to remember them and, and how I'd like to see them. Even at my grandmother's funeral, I was there, but, um, and my uncle, one of my uncles was like, no, go see, go up there and see the body. And I was like, no, I do not want to do that. I don't want to remember what she looks like when it's not her. And, um, and he pressured me to do it anyway, as like kind of like a guilt trip of like, Hey, if you don't go see her, you know, that's kind of like a bad thing. Anyway, so I went up there and it was, it was so mind breaking for me. I just, I'm like, that's not her. What am I looking at? You know, I'm looking at some bones and some skin and some makeup, but she's not there like her. She doesn't even look like her. You know, once the soul leaves the body, it's like, I don't know who this is. And that image stuck in my head. And I felt mad that I felt pressured to do that. And obviously everybody deals with grief differently. So like, I'm not mad at them, but that was not my way or my preferred way of processing her death. And some people, that's, that's what they need. They need to be up there in order to feel like they process that. And so I just want to leave that, you know, teaches on everybody. Um, but I remember thinking about the funeral process and yeah, how sad it was. I do remember I went to a funeral when I was younger and um, it was a woman who had passed away at our church and they, she, she had said specifically she wanted people to wear white, not black, and that there would be specific songs that would be played or, or something like that and um, made it more of a joyous occasion that, you know, this was going to be a celebration of life. And I like that. And I was like, okay, y'all. And I'm just going to put this out here now. This is my living will <laughs> that if I die um, or when I die, that there's nobody cremate it, get rid of it, go put it in the ocean somewhere. You know, I like the beach and, um, and have a party, um, put up the best pictures of me, not any bad ones where I look bad or selfies from the iPhone, <laughs> put up some good pictures and, and have a celebration and tell funny stories and tell, you know, what, you know, what I meant to you, what in, in your life. Um, I don't know. Wow. Even speaking about that makes me feel emotional, but anyway, um, just the, the funeral process and how sad it is. Like it really is a grieving loss type of heavy type of feeling. Um, but you know, to any of those who've lost loved ones, 
And I only speak from a position of someone who deeply wants to even better my gift of being able to connect with people beyond is that the, your loved ones don't, you don't lose them. You absolutely don't. They come and visit. And when you think about them, they're there. And if you, if you speak to them um, and you're open in your mind and your intuition, it's, it's a means of being able to communicate with them. And you might not get words and you might not get you know, sentences, or they might not show up physically. A lot of you might not want that. <laughs> um, but you'll feel a feeling around. And it's usually a feeling of warmth, of some sort of love, of, you know, you feel this closeness next to you, and perhaps that you'll see you'll see symbols of things. Um, I have a friend who um, I did a, a reading for, and um, her mom likes to show up in, in pennies, and she would find pennies everywhere that first week that she had passed away. And, um, you know, I, I believe that. I really do. I believe that there are signatures and symbols that they leave to say, hey, I want to let you know that you're around. Um, before my grandma passed away, she had mentioned something about, <laughs> I'm going to come back and haunt you guys. And my grandma was like that. She's kind of funny. Um, and she said that she would flick the lights on and off. And the week after she passed, my aunt, two of my aunts actually, um, had some stuff, some quote, weird things happen in their house where the lights were flicking on and off. And in my, um, one of my houses that I lived in, there was the same thing. Like the light would be on and it was, and I'm like, wait, oh, I just turned that light off. What's going on? There's street lights all the time turning on and off when I would go underneath them. And, um, even now, like, um, there's a, a few weeks ago I was in my, my, <laughs> My apartment and I walked to the bathroom and it came back. There was no lights on. And when I got back out of the bathroom, the light next to my bed was on. And for most of you, that might freak you out. <laughs> um, but I wasn't freaked out. It was like, oh, sweet. Grandma's here. You know, like she said she was going to do that. And so lo and behold, there she is. Um, so when you're looking and you're paying attention, I think you'll start to notice and realize that they've never really left you. They're just standing on the other side of a veil. Uh, in another room, essentially, you might not be able to see them, but you can still feel them. They're they're very, very, very much still there. Um, so, if with that, then there are, I, I mean, I I want to dig deep into mediumship. I want to better my gifts in that area um, because I, it makes me feel like dealing with death would be so much easier if. I know that I can connect with those who've passed and you might not hear their voices or, you know, they're, you know, see them show up anywhere, but you know that they're there and without that doubting. So it comes back to our, our other episode where I was talking about intuition. And when you think about those things, when those things come to you, believe them, like they're very, very real. And I think, that's why I have a hard time with believing that there's nothing after this um, for myself personally, because I deal with people in spirit, but it is such a, a harder grieving process. If you think that you've really, really lost them, that there's absolutely nothing afterwards. They're not watching over you. They're not hanging out. They're not, you know, paving the way for your future and that your ancestors aren't cheering you on, that they're just gone that there's nothing, that 
that would be the most devastating loss, the most devastating loss. And, and, and also nothing to look forward to. There's, there's just this life. There's nothing else. Like we don't come back. We don't do this. We don't do that. That we just are this happy accident that got here and has to pay taxes. That's stupid. <laughs> like we just got up to get jobs and pay taxes and die. And there's nothing else. No, like, I'm sorry, if that's not your belief system. I mean, if that's not your belief system, you're probably not listening to this podcast. Um, if that is your belief system, sorry. It's, it, it is the grieving process for, for knowing or thinking that you know that there's nothing afterwards is devastating. So most of you probably listening believe that there's something after this. And regardless of what that looks like, if that is heaven, if that's fourth density, if that's reincarnation, if that's, I don't know, Mars, (laughs) then, then you know that in that ability set of being able to connect to whatever is in the beyond is not exempt from you, that you, you can have that connection wherever they go because you're connected to them. They're part of your soul family. And I guess maybe I explain what soul family means. It's um, in my own philosophy and my perspective um, before when, while we're in the ether, we kind of make these plans or soul contracts and come through, um, particularly with a group of people that we've done life with before. And we come in and we're like, okay, you're going to, it's like a play. Um, you're going to go be this person. I'm going to be this person. And in this lifetime, we're going to get divorced and hate each other (laughs) so we can learn how to love people better or get over our shit or whatever that is, our ego. Um, Or in this life, I'm going to be your mother, but then the next life, I'm going to be your wife. And in that life, you're going to be my son or, you know, whatever. And we kind of make up, I guess we make up these roles or these positions that we'll play to foster and embody better growth, catalyst for growth. And so we even, I believe, decide when we're going to die also. And we choose, um, as the way I understand it from the, from who I'm hearing from on the other side is that there's multiple exit points, depending on what your mission to learn was. And so there are different times that you could leave and it's at the grace and benevolence of the, your soul family and even, even in the most tragic types of deaths, which seem just, you know, random or whatever, it's as if we were above and we chose that as well. So I know that's, a, to me, that was a very hard concept to think about um, in the beginning of what, where my study of philosophy and, and you know, spirituality. Um, how could that, how could you have chosen that, you know, like, someone deciding to, oh, excuse me, (coughs) someone deciding to, to kill themselves or, you know, things that are super painful and the way that people go, it's traumatic. How could someone choose that? And you know what? I don't have an answer for that. I really don't. I think that the more and more I learn and discover and read, the less I know. And so most of these are philosophies and theories, nothing obviously in stone. But the thing that I understand the most about that is that if we chose when we if we choose when we go, it's a little bit easier to stomach about 
how much time we have here on earth and what we're here to do. And if that's the case, then our purpose is really the most important thing. What are we here to do? And how are we here to serve the the people in our soul family? When our, our mission is up, it's, it's time to go. And while we miss them and we love them and they were, you know, elemental to our lives. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were they were tragic and terrible and awful to us. And even in their loss, there was no relief, you know. But regardless, those people have served some type of purpose in our life. And I think that death in that in that sense is actually really beautiful. It's it's not death, it's a graduation. It's like, okay, I completed my mission of what I was meant to learn or do in this particular lifetime and the people that I served and the, the paths that I crossed, I did what I needed to do. So now it's time to go. And sometimes people leave before they're finished with their mission because as I understand it, they didn't, they didn't get a chance to finish it or things didn't go as planned. And as I'm learning more and more and more around the philosophy, everything doesn't kind of happen in a very perfect order. There seems to be an order, <laughs> but not necessarily a perfect one. And so there can be mistakes. There can be um, there can be mistakes. I'll just say that part. So it's the, my philosophy is obviously not complete, but that's why we have a podcast so we can talk about these things and mull over them. I still struggle with some of those ideals because, and in the most traumatic of ways that people die. It's like, why? Like, why does it have to happen that way? That just seems excessive, you know? So I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that part out, but I'm just, I'm the only reason I'm recording this is to welcome and open and, or make an open invitation for towards looking at death a different way. Um, because for those of us who've lost anyone, the, the, the loss is so significant and, and so, hard to continue to live on this earth without those people that we loved. And the remembrance of them still brings back grief as if it happened that day. And I always wonder about that process. I always wonder about how, you know, what is the, what is the benefit to, to death in our society? Why don't we live on a planet where when we're done, <laughs> they're like, all right, the spaceship comes and just takes us away. And we're like, all right, see you later. We'll see you when we, when we're done with our mission, you know, like they're going on a trip kind of thing. And, and maybe perhaps that is actually how it is, you know, um, that's that them leaving the body is them graduating to the next step stage. And we'll meet them when we're done. Um, in this earth school that we've come and volunteered to incarnate in to do our work. But yeah, I don't know. The human experience is very difficult. It is dense and it is hard and the stuff that we have to go through, I can only imagine if, I would imagine in my own life, it's been, it's been hard, but it hasn't been super hard. Like I've heard other people, things that they've gone through and, and that way I'm grateful. And also I, I applaud the strength of the others that have had to go through those types of walks of life. Um, but in particular, when it comes to loss and death, how would there be another way to look at it that, doesn't cause us so much agony. I think about, um, I think about my parents and I'm so lucky that I still have both of them around. I hope that I have them for 
many, 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 many more years. Um, I want them to grow inordinately old, <laughs> like those people that you hear that are like 105, you know, and um, it, because I don't, I don't look forward to, to experiencing that type of loss and not having those people around that, that, I mean, you've known your entire life. Like, what is it to be without your arm? You know, like if you had a, a family member and I've, I've had some, I've had some loss of people who haven't even died, um, that I don't have relationships with anymore. And it, the grieving is, is very similar. It just still feels like someone died because you don't have connection to them anymore and you never see them again. And that's painful too. But there, I just want to invite a conversation about what is a new perspective that we can shed, shed or shine on what death looks like or what death feels like, or perhaps we don't change the perspective at all, but we change the way that we allow people to grieve because people feel that they have to do it in behind closed doors. Death is always kind of a thing. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. People aren't comfortable with it. And perhaps if we, it was more common to be comfortable with death. And if we didn't treat it as if it was a goodbye, then we would have, maybe we would have an easier time processing it and being able to accept it because the suffering that it causes in our inacceptance is greatly what prevents us from living afterwards. Wouldn't you agree? The memories are probably the hardest. Just remembering, I was watching videos of my dog yesterday. It pops up that goddamn Facebook <laughs> pops up on, oh, remember seven years ago when, you know, whatever. And it is, it, it's like you just didn't expect it. And, you know, when people say, talk about triggers, there you go. You just don't expect that <laughs> this is, you know, this was going to hit you today while you were in the middle of shooting a wedding. And then you got this picture of this, this memory that just really sunk your heart. And I know I'm talking about a dog. Those of you who have dogs understand it. You get it. You get it. Um, sometimes the death of a dog is worse than the death of a person because they, you don't fight with your dog. <laughs> you don't, they didn't, they didn't tell you to go fuck yourself or like <laughs> they're at your feet anytime you want and they cuddle with you all the time. So it's, it's a bit different, but Anyway, I, you know, like the, that sinking feeling of not having them around in that moment, you weren't planning to feel that way or sense that thing. It, it's really hard. It's just really hard. And you know what? Maybe there's no wisdom in this podcast at all. I don't care. Maybe me just sharing that death is really hard gives you a chance to say, yeah, it's really hard. And maybe we can start a collective conversation about what that looks like for you and how do you process death? Maybe, you know, obviously I don't have all the answers, but um, my, my, my deepening desire to learn mediumship and to understand the symbols and the way spirit communicates with us is a means for myself to be able to bridge the gap that we feel when we lose someone and that immense amount of grief that we feel when when we believe that that person is no longer there. So yeah, like we don't really, no one ever really dies. And as the famous nerd band says, um, 
no one ever really dies. Uh, energy is it cannot be created or destroyed. And so I deeply believe that as a soul, when you pass or depart from this earth, you do go somewhere else. And perhaps some of some of us stay. We stick around for a little while and we're like, oh, we're just gonna peruse and see how our family's doing until until they leave and then we'll all leave together. Um it's I I think that in that understanding that if we never really lost them and if they're all kind of still around and we can call them like we call people on the phone, imagine that they live, you know, in another country and we just, we just need to call. Like maybe we can't video chat with them, but we can definitely send them an, an audio, <laughs> an audio call. Um, I don't know who needs to hear this today. Uh, it's just, it hit me and I thought, okay, like I, I know for myself, death is something I don't readily talk about, or I don't, um, I don't likely like to focus on if it's not something work related. But the more and more I think about death, it gives me this deep appreciation for life and the chance to explore and have the opportunity of what we're able to to do here while we're here on earth and how we're able to grow and progress our soul. And when I think about those who have died, we feel sad and it feels like a shame and it's terrible. And at the same time, I'm like, I want to be where you're at. <laughs> Not that I want to die, but I, I just think like it's got, it's, it is, it is most likely a much, much better place. There's a reason people say they're, you know, they're in a better place. I know that's cliche, whatever, but there's truth to that. They're in a better place. They're in a higher vibrational place and they're, they're never really gone. So anyway, that's it. I just wanted to say that today because maybe someone is dealing with a deep, deep loss and some of those words just gave them a little bit of relief. So anyway, I will talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at thelovelyalia for daily content and inspiration.